Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab Podcast. We are so glad you are here, glad you are joining us, and hope you're having a great day. Hey, before we get into today's conversation and interview with our special guest, want to uh, remind you, if you haven't already, we have a brand new free training that we just recently released that you can find over at EliteSpeakerWorkshop.com, EliteSpeakerWorkshop.com. If you are looking for a step-by-step plan on exactly how to find and book paid speaking engagements, then you definitely want to check that out. Again, you can find that at EliteSpeakerWorkshop.com, EliteSpeakerWorkshop.com. All right. So uh, a couple months ago, we had my buddy John Michael Morgan on the podcast, episode 169. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to, but we wanted to have him back again for a a different topic. So today we're going to be talking with John all about how he speaks in both the business and in the faith-based markets. So he speaks in two different markets, which is something I typically am not a fan of and and discourage. Uh, John kind of talks about in a way where it becomes kind of a differentiating factor for him. So Again, I, I typically would be against this, but uh, he talks about how he makes it work, also about how he, he uses speaking in different markets as a, a way to to stand apart from the crowd. So lots of good stuff here from, from John. If you are someone who is interested in speaking in the faith-based market and maybe the, the corporate or business market, or if you're someone who just says, hey, there's, there's two totally different markets I'm interested in speaking in, how do I make that work? We're going to break that down today with John. So let's get right into it. Here's my conversation with my buddy, John Morgan. Enjoy. What's up, my friends? We are joined once again by my buddy John Michael Morgan, who uh, he just he couldn't get enough. He said, I'm going to get a fresh plate. I'm going to come back to the buffet for round two. And so uh, welcome back, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. You bet, you bet. So, so one of the things that we were going to dig into this time around is you are someone who speaks in multiple markets. And this is something that typically I'm not a big fan of. Typically, you need to really narrow down and say, hey, all right, I'm going to be all in on this particular market, on this particular topic. But you've kind of got a foot in in a couple different places. So kind of talk us through what, what's the business look like in terms of the audiences that you're speaking to and the kind of the variety there? Yeah, it, you know, in short, I always try to speak to leaders and anyone that may be in leadership positions. And that has then grown and expanded to more like just general population uh, type of people, because my message is often that we need to lead ourselves and get our life in order and, you know, all those kind of things. And so then that can apply to these different markets. I will say for many, many years, I was only speaking in the business world. That was not necessarily like that I choose that of like, that's my market, that's my wheelhouse, I'm going to do it. But it made sense because I was in business. And that's where the opportunities were. It was a goal of mine for many years to step into the faith world and, you know, speak more at churches and kind of take my message a lot more global in terms of what does it look like in this industry? And does it work 
there just like it does here and you know those kind of things and so it was purposeful by design but in the beginning I did kind of just stay in my lane for many years and say okay this is what I'm doing and then uh, as a Christian I just kind of thought why am I not putting that out more? Why am I not, you know, stepping into these places and helping these places as well? From a business perspective, like the early on, then when you made that strategic decision to say, all right, I'm just going to take this message to the business world, because there's a lot of speakers that I talk to, a lot of speakers that we work with who are in that spot where I talk about this thing that's kind of broad. It's it's not necessarily generic, but it's just it appeals to a wide variety of audiences. And so there's a, it could be the business world. It could be the church world. It could be, you know, nonprofits or colleges or students or parents. I mean, it could go a lot of different directions. So how did you initially land on the business space? You know, a lot of it for me was accidental because I was an entrepreneur. I was coaching other business owners and entrepreneurs. So I was hanging out in those circles and that's what kind of opportunities came. That was the environment that I was in. And my name was out there a little more in that network, if that makes sense. And so it was just easier for me to see the opportunity for me to talk to the people who were putting on events and just, again, like kind of start to make a name for myself in those fields. And I never kind of set out and said, oh, okay, like this, I'll be really strategic about this. And I'm going to get these type of gigs and I want this much money. And like, let me really hone in the message. I just really, really enjoyed speaking and I enjoyed meeting people face to face. You know, I love the internet, but I'm an extrovert. And so being able to actually shake someone's hand or give them a hug or, you know, meet them in person was like, oh, that's amazing. Like, let's do that. That's real. And so uh, as I was growing my coaching business, obviously speaking can really fuel that. And speaking to business owners naturally made sense. That was my prospects. You know, it just kind of came easily. But what I started to realize is that on stage, I couldn't share my story without mentioning my faith. So while I wasn't pushing it on people, it was within my presentation. And what I saw, Grant, was like when I would come off stage, the business owners, these entrepreneurs, that was the element that they would talk to me about. And they would say, hey, I really love how like you didn't push that on us. It wasn't in our face, but yet you still mentioned your faith. And then they would share about their faith and they would say, how do I do that in my business? And I was like, oh, like that's great. Like I didn't really mean to do it, but I just was trying to the buzzwords of like being transparent. I didn't want someone to follow me online or listen to me at an event and then later find out, oh, this guy's a Christian. That's surprising. You know, like I didn't want it to be a secret. So as I started dropping that a little more in the business world, I realized maybe I could do it in the faith world. Yeah. So when you are starting to recognize some of those conversations that are happening and the potential opportunity to shift to more of the faith-based world, where do you go from there? Because again, this isn't true from just like business into faith, but just going from one market to another, because oftentimes a lot of the conversations I have is the reverse, is someone saying, I'm in the faith-based world, I'm in the church world, and I want to go to the business world, but this is the the world that I know. So how do you start to transition to go to a, a totally different market? For me, it was, I loved the challenge, first of all. Could my message work? Because the way I looked at it is that in the business side, if I'm a very energetic, almost raw kind of speaker, yeah. it's applauded. Right. And I thought, does that work at a church? You, you know, does that, does, does that work? <laughs> How does that, that translate to Sunday morning? <laughs> right, right. You know, or, or are they going to be just really like kind of turned off by that? So the challenge 
really made me think like, okay, what would that look like? Like, how could that be? And then what I decided was, I'm not going to go from, I have this idea and now let me lead a sermon on Sunday morning because like that terrified me. Even though I like the challenge, it was like, I know I'm not there yet. So instead, what I looked at was, can I be the leader in a small group? Can I kind of you know, just talk to 10 people and see how they you know, resonate and respond to the message? Yeah. And then I had an opportunity simply. I knew a guy at a church who was the small group's pastor for the church. And he told me, he said, every quarter I get all the group leaders together and like we do this little evening like kind of seminar for them yeah. and we give them food and we talk to them. And I'm like, what do you talk to them about? He was like, I just usually, you know, whatever my latest blog posts are, books or whatever. And I'm like, hey, what if I came in and gave some leadership tips to them? And he was like, oh my gosh, like then I wouldn't have to do it. That'd be awesome. Like, can you come in and do it? And that was kind of my way to test. Like, it's not Sunday morning. It's more unofficial. I can maybe get away with a little bit more. Let me see how they respond. And because of that one event, it went well enough to encourage me of like, okay, I can do this and I have to polish it, but I can make it happen. What was the context that you were wanting to speak in? Because again, in the faith-based world, in the church world, typically it's Sunday morning or a weekend of some form and the structure vibe of a church service is going to be a little bit different than a like a leadership conference or some type of corporate event. I know for me, again, going the opposite direction of starting and growing up and being involved in the church world to then thinking like, does like a Sunday morning sermon, does that... Does that look the same on like a like a church or a, like a leadership corporate you know type of environment? Like, what context were you speaking at in the church world? I look at so much of what I do, and I feel like my entire business is me teaching proverbs. That like, like I'm just teaching everything that's in proverbs. Yeah. But in the business world, as long as I don't specifically point out scripture, they applaud it and they're like, "Oh, that's amazing!" You know, that that's fantastic. Right. In the church world, it's like I can actually give the same presentation. Now I can just say where I've got it right. or every now and then I can ask Your for source. an amen. <laughs> you know, you know th- those kind of things. And so I realized, like I said, like my message, it was going to help both. It was going to help both audiences. So what I had to look at was, okay, now how do I make sure that the intro and the stories and all of that are resonating with that specific audience? And One of the things that I looked at that to me was the advantage and still is, quite frankly, is what you're saying, you know, growing up in the church and we see Sunday mornings are very, very routine. There's going to be three or four songs. There's going to be the offering. The guy's going to talk for a while. They're going to do another song, you know, to wrap it up. Everybody kind of knows their routine. Like I almost feel like some mornings my body starts getting up to go get my kids like before service is over. Like, it's just routine, right? Like, I know it's almost over. Like, here we go. So what I realized is like, if we can come in there from the outside world and do a presentation that you and I know in the business world would stand out where it's really hard to stand out, it's going to really stand out at church because quite frankly, they're used to seeing so much of the same. And that's what I used as my advantage. And so what's happened, the feedback I've gotten is that audiences love, oh, like this guy's not a pastor. He's not doing this every single Sunday morning at a church. He's one of us. And I just made sure to approach my talk from that point of view, you know, and that's the difference is the faith-based world. They want to know 
that you're broken, that you can relate to them, that you've got these struggles in the business world. It's just all what's in it for me. They don't really care how much we're similar. I mean, they do, but it's really more like, what tip can I use today in my business? Right. What strategies can I apply out of, you know, what's the thing that I can implement right away in my world? That's exactly right. And so that's the thing that I just mentally have to keep in mind between the two is that if we can emotionally move someone in a business setting, we really win. In the faith-based world, they're expecting that emotion. Like they want you to feel that. That's their expectation is like, you better make me feel something. Business world, like we strive for that, but that's kind of like the holy grail in the business world, right? Is like, we hope that we can move them and impact them in some way. But a lot of times the talk is just more tactical because we're just unpacking something you know, in that way. Now for context for you and your just your business model, because I know you do a lot of speaking, but you also do a lot of coaching, which is the primary one and does speaking primarily lead to coaching? Is that kind of the main goal for you behind speaking? Yeah. So coaching is definitely the foundation of my business and it is the priority. Uh, What speaking does is it obviously creates brand awareness. Mm -hmm. Most of the time that I speak, it seems like I come away with either another speaking gig or a client of some sort. So obviously like it makes financial sense for me to speak often. But like I said, for me, what I've noticed is that if I can go somewhere and speak, those people then, if they start following me online, if they start following Facebook, Instagram, whatever, they then continue to engage because they saw me speak. It's a lot different than if someone just was searching and randomly finds you on Facebook and they're just kind of curious who you are or whatever. They may read your content, but they don't really care. They don't really engage with it. But if someone's like, oh, a couple months ago, I saw that guy, like he spoke at our church, they continue to engage a lot more. And I just love that part of it. Like when the relationships with your audience are real, like to me, that's the point. That's like what we're trying to do. So even though financially I could say I'm all coaching, I don't need to speak, so I don't need to chase gigs or whatever, the fun part of speaking and then like I said, the quality of audience that comes from it just make too much sense for the business. Right. So, okay, let's come back to you are speaking in the business world. You're starting to do some speaking in the church world. Are you trying to market to both? Or are you saying, hey, I'm, I'm getting out of the business world. I'm going all in on the church world. Or are you thinking, hey, I'm going to try to keep my foot in both camps? Or what, what are you kind of thinking there? Yeah, well, it, it, you're going to cringe because I'm sure this is probably like the worst thing to do and recommend to people. But I've been doing both and I plan to continue to do both. And here's how I do it. Let me just explain so people know this is what do this Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> right, right. So one thing I will say is that the mistake I see a lot of people make, and uh, it goes on both sides. If they have faith, but they speak in the business world, all they end up talking about is business. They only put out content that's about that. They only show videos of them speaking about that. And that's it. So no one from the faith world is going to lean over and contact them because they don't see that. They don't know how to picture that. They don't know that they're willing to do that or that they even could. Same thing is true. If you're only speaking at churches, if you're only speaking at those type of events and, you know, everything is faith focused, all of your content is about that and everything. The business events aren't looking at you thinking, oh, I bet they've got really good sales strategies that, you know, like they don't know. So for me, the strategic part of this is I put out both and I'll have content and in it, it may be leadership lessons, but I've also included my faith or I will share, you know, a bunch of book recommendations and they're all, you know, great sales, marketing, whatever kind of books. And then I'm also going to show pictures of like, Hey, I read this scripture this morning 
this really fired me up. This really spoke to me. Yeah. And same thing with videos. I'll share a video of me speaking at a church just as much as I'll share a video of me speaking at you know a sales conference for some association. So by putting it both out there, I'm sure I do lose some business where someone says, I'm not really sure what box to put this guy in. But what I've also happened is where people aren't sure, that curiosity has caused many to reach out. I've had a lot of people contact me and they've said, hey, listen, I'm bringing you in because my faith aligns with yours, but this isn't a faith-based event, so please don't preach at us. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, that's cool. But because they saw that element, that's them as well, the event organizer still hired me. Right. So to me, that, that's why I continue to do that. And I would love to know, like you may say, that's horrendous advice. No, but uh, I mean, because it, it sounds like for a weird podcast. No, <laughs> no, like it sounds like the way that you're describing it, though, is it's not like you're necessarily trying to speak in both worlds. It sounds like you're more like you're speaking to what, like faith based business owners and people in the business world. Sure. I will speak like, you know, now I've done Sunday mornings at churches and I've had those opportunities and I love them. And I pray that that continues, but I'm not going to ever stop doing the other. Right. So I think the advantage that I have, if it even is considered an advantage is simply because speaking is not 100% my sole income, Mm -hmm. I can afford to miss out on gigs because maybe it's not as accurately defined or I can also afford to pick and choose and you know say no to things, yeah. which allows me then the freedom to say yes to anything if it sounds cool. Right. You know, if it's like, oh, that fits, that sounds great, whether it's business, church, or whatever, you know, then I can go do it. Again, like what's interesting is the business side, that's where I'm probably gonna get more clients from because yeah. those are prospects. If I speak on the church side of the thing of things, it's gonna grow my audience. And I'm probably going to sell books and I may get some clients, but usually that's kind of not what that's about because that's not what they're hearing me speak on anyways. Right. No, so it sounds like, you know, I mean, if you're talking about, you know, business or leadership type of topics, but you're coming at it from a faith-based perspective, then yeah, that definitely, it sounds like for you that narrows down the audience, but you recognize that. And it's also a way to differentiate yourself from any other business or leadership speaker. So there's going to be plenty of potential opportunities or gigs of people that would look at you and be like, eh, we don't want to risk it. We don't want them to go all preachy on us. But other people who would say, we don't want them to go preachy on us, but I like a human that's up there from a faith-based perspective. And so therefore, you know, we're willing to have John come in. So it sounds like it, it can be a differentiating factor for you. Yeah. And, and that's what I try to lean on whenever I have the conversations with someone and they're saying, okay, are you right for our event? Maybe let me explain right. what I'm all about and lay that out. And so, yeah, you're exactly right. You know, I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure that there are people out there that have said, oh, well, this guy's kind of religious. We're not going to go there with him. And they don't contact me and they contact someone else. And I know that some speakers listening to this could say, Oh, I don't want to miss those gigs. Right. But what I would say is, are you on Facebook talking about politics? Because if so, you're already missing gigs. Right. Like that's, what's funny is people will say, you know, well, don't talk about faith too much because you don't want to alienate anyone. It's like, you know, I'm willing to lose a client for Jesus, not for Donald Trump. Like that's, you know, like it's amazing to me what some people will say like, oh, you know, no, 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 don't address faith thing. You don't want to be that guy. But then you look at what they talk about and it's like, you know, a million other things that it's like, well, wait, like 
you're doing the same thing just with a different topic. Right. So yes, you're right. Like I play both sides. When I'm talking to the business world, it's like, hey, one of the reasons that I'm different is these are the values that I'm like bringing in. And this is like the core of my life and business and all these things. When I'm talking to the church world, it's like, listen, I'm completely different than what you guys are seeing. I'm not going to show up in skinny jeans and, you know, do, do the normal, you know, no kind of next for you. Right. You know, sermon and, you know, all of that, that, that they see every single Sunday. Right. And I address that with them. Every time I have preached, I, you know, start, I'm saying like, listen, I shouldn't be here. Yeah. Like I, I'm one of you. <laughs> like, let me, you know, I, this is what I'm going to talk about. Here's what I'm going to help you with. But this is not what you're no, used to hearing. I'm not going to sit there and break down, you know, the book of Esther and be like, let me tell you what this is all about. Hey, hey, hey. I'm not sure. <laughs> but what I am going to do is, you know, I'm going to give them life lessons and, and leadership advice. And it is going to be based on scripture and it is going to be backed up by scripture. Right. And therefore, it's going to be something a little different you know, for them. Let me give you an example of this so that the audience can really picture what this looks like. If I spoke at a business event and we're talking marketing, we're talking about getting the message out there, social media, copywriting, sales skills, all that kind of stuff. And it all makes sense to them. I did a sermon at a church one time where I told them, you are supposed to be marketing this message and you've got the greatest message of all time to market. So let me show you that the business world has an advantage over you because they know how to market and you don't. And so I explained to them how to share their testimony. This is what it looks like. All the stuff that you and I know from just normal marketing, I applied to them. And they don't hear that any other Sunday. They don't hear how do I actually tell someone about my faith or how do I tell them my story or, you know, any like they don't know how we're not equipped often to do that. So for me to come in and kind of in a church setting, put my marketer's hat on and say, here's how you market a message. Yeah. That's very different than anything else they're getting. So from like an outward marketing perspective, your website, your videos, social media, all that stuff, it's kind of a blend of both. Like you said, that you're not just, you know, it's not just me speaking in the church world or not just me speaking in the business world or not me just posting things about one side or the other, but it's ultimately kind of a blend of both. And again, comes back to that's, that's kind of a differentiating factor. So do you, whenever you're putting anything out publicly, are you consciously trying to think of one side or the other or just recognizing, well, I'm just going to post what I want and and, you know, let the chips fall as they may. Yeah. You know, I, I think I do put too much thought into it. Um, there are times when I can look and say, wow, you know what? Like it's been all business for a while yeah. uh, because that's my natural tendency. And then I'm like, I need to put something out there. I sometimes feel guilty though, because I don't want to be that guy that like finally woke up early enough to read my Bible one morning. And all of a sudden I'm preaching at the world. Like, you know, right to sound, you should do this when like reality, I haven't even opened the thing in a month, you know, like right. I didn't want to be that guy, but I do stop and think like, have I had that balance recently? And what does that look like? And you know, those kind of things. But I think more than anything for me, it was again, just the commitment of, even though I'm in the business world and I'm known in the business world, I decided one day I'm no longer going to shy away from the fact that this is an important part of my life. Yeah. And I'm not going to put it in anybody's face. I'm not going to be obnoxious about it, but I'm also not going to hide it. And that's really where I fall. So sometimes you can create content and it fits naturally. Other times it just doesn't fit and you just create the content and you go with it. 
Right, right. So is there anything for someone that's listening right now, anything that you would say to them who's going, okay, I'm in one side, but I want to, to either either pivot to another side or I want to, you know, I'd love to be able to blend both of them like you've done. Is there anything that you'd say to them that would make that transition smoother? Yeah, I, I, w- I mean, the best advice I have for that is you've got whichever side you want to be in, you've got to go to them because they're just not going to come to you. Yeah. You know, when I decided I would love to speak more on the faith side of things, I went to every single pastor I know and said, Hey, I know this sounds crazy, but I actually have content that would go over really well right. at church sometime. And if you ever wake up and you've got the flu or whatever, let me know right. because I can do this. And they knew my background. They knew that I speak all the time. And so they'd be like, Oh yeah, sure. Whatever. You, you know, but then, it starts to happen. Right. So that was the thing is like the only way the faith world didn't come to me and, and I had to go to it. And like I said, just every single person I talked to, I had to let them know I do this. This yeah. is an option <laughs> that we can have. And so again, if I'm in the faith world and I'm wanting to be in the business world, what's every single business contact I have, right. how do I go and let them know I'm no longer you know, in that box? Does that make sense? Totally. Like it reminded me a couple of years ago, I did just for a hot second, I did some coaching and I remember thinking for a little while, like, why am I not getting any coaching clients? I was like, I didn't tell anybody I was a coach so nobody knew like that was a thing I did, you know? But once I started emailing about it or putting it on social media or putting it on the website, then all of a sudden we had a bunch of inquiries coming in about coaching. And so the exact same thing you're talking about, if people know you as someone who, oh, they are, I'm going to again, put them in such and such box as they are a faith-based speaker or they are a business speaker or they are a college speaker or they're a whatever speaker, they may not have any clue whatsoever that, oh, he can also, or she can also speak in this world or in this space over here and do just as well. And they don't connect those dots unless you help connect the dots for them. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's, I said, that was my experience and I still do that, but it has finally started to kind of move the needle where now in the faith world, I'm getting people contacting me and I don't know who they are. Yeah. You know, I'm not even sure where they heard of me or how they found me. And I'm like, okay, great. It's finally working. But certainly, man, the first two years was all me. Like I said, every single person. And I will say there's a bit of an advantage. You know, you and I live in the South. We're like in the thick of the Bible belt. So I can kind of go into any Starbucks and there's seven youth pastors there at any time, right? You know, so it's easy to find them. But every time I would meet them, I would let them know, hey, this is what I do. And I can actually do this for you. And I could just keep having that conversation. And like I said, then all of a sudden I realized, hey, emails start coming in like crazy with people saying, do you have this date open because our church is doing this event? Or, hey, we're in the middle of this series, but if your message can fit this series, you know, this Sunday morning is yours. And I'd be like, oh, wow, here we go. Like, let me, you know, let me make sure, you know, that I'm ready. And, And I will also just say as a side note, I think the only thing that made me nervous was I knew I'm a good speaker. I knew the message was good. It was, do I know enough biblically to I deserve the right, you know, to kind of be there. So I still take any talk that I'm going to do my notes and outline and we'll send it to pastor friends of mine. And I'm like, can you make sure that like, <laughs> this was biblically this accurate? Balances. <laughs> yeah. You know, cause I don't want to get up there and be like you know, when Moses built the ark and then everybody's <laughs> like, yeah, you know, and they, you know, start, you know, throwing tomatoes at me or something. So I don't worry about that in the business world, right? Like you go, you do your talk, you're done. Right. But in the faith-based world, I put this additional pressure on myself of like, 
oh my gosh, like what about that first time visitor? And like, you know, like this is it for them. So I want to make sure that whatever I say is uh, biblically sound. And that's probably the only time that I ever ask for feedback uh, on my notes or on my talks. Very cool. Hey man, we appreciate the uh, the time. If people want to check out more of what you're up to, where can we go? And I would say, I'd be interested and I'd encourage people who are in this spot, who are trying to figure out how they balance both worlds to check out your stuff and check out what you've got on uh, your website and social media. So uh, no pressure, but where, where can we go? Sure, man. JohnMichaelMorgan.com. And if they have any questions, man, I'm an open book. They can email me, John at JohnMichaelMorgan.com. I'm happy to help them out or give them advice or, you know, whatever they need. Sweet. All right, man. We appreciate the time. Thank you. All right. There you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. John Morgan. There you go. <laughs> I'm not editing that. That's all staying in there. See, most people, the podcast, the interview's over. Most people have checked out anyway. So we'll, just, we'll see how many. If you listen to this and you're, you're like, oh, man, you, tweet me. Just tweet me at Grant Baldwin and let me know you heard the little flub here at the end because this is all staying in. We do one take. Uh, hey, again, we do appreciate you being with us and joining us and uh, appreciate you, you making us a part of your, your day. All right. So do us a favor, though, and would you subscribe to the show? If you don't already, subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating and review. Share it with someone else. Just let someone know, hey, listen, I like you, and I want you to listen to this podcast because I know you're interested in speaking, all right? Would you do that for us? That, uh, that helps us out and makes a big difference for other people finding the show. All right, my friends, that uh, wraps up today's episode. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.